curse the Lord and shame on the devil. Uh oh, some minor difficulties already on this nice snowy day. So if I yell, they can hear me? Yeah. Okay. Again, good morning. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and shame on the devil. All right. Uh, Lord willing, today we're going to go into Isaiah 48. Start a little chapter here. And uh, what a chapter it is. What a chapter it is. So, uh, now you should be alright. Alright. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and uh, uh, start with the word of prayer. And Johnny, if you don't mind opening this up with word of prayer, it's God's choice blessings on his book. We certainly appreciate it. I said, dear Lord, just we thank you that you, you've continued to preserve the country as good as it is at the moment and now uh, we thank you that we still have houses and cars that are heated Amen. and so we pray you'll bless the both the, or the messages today from your word so we can learn and be better prepared for the future and in Jesus name I pray Amen, amen and Amen um, as you turn to uh, Isaiah 48, um, something uh, I'd like to share with you. On uh, November 14th of last year, my, uh, my dad passed away at the age of 93. And uh, we were so thankful that the Lord kept him around as long as he did. And uh, I'd like to share with you one of the ways that uh, I try to deal with the grief. Um, every morning when uh, I get up, one of the first things I try to do is to keep my five-minute vow to the Lord, and that's to uh, read his book. Um, I go past five minutes. Five minutes is just a starter to keep you faithful in the book. And I can read anywhere from uh, 20 minutes up to an hour. And, uh, and uh, in that time frame, I do the reading, I do the studying. One of the things I started doing several years ago was when I opened up the book, I asked the Lord to open up his heart. When you read through the scriptures, you'll come across quite a few times when God would not talk to his people. That is a scary time frame. And so I played mercy with the Lord. I asked him to open up his heart, to teach me out of his word, to open up my eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of his law. And then I started something new since November 14th. In the last year before my dad died, three or four times when I would visit him, he shared on how we got saved and uh, trusted Christ as a savior. <coughs> and so, uh, in my uh, <coughs> gospel thinking, you connected? We're good? Yeah, don't, right. don't pay attention to that. Don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. 
Is that on? Yeah, it's on. Maybe pull the mic closer to you. A little closer? Okay, how's that? Maybe that's just that much longer than me. Okay. Well, at any rate, though, when I prayed before the Lord, according to Scripture, according to the Gospel, my dad is at the feet of Jesus. And so when I do pray, I'll ask the Lord, I'll say to the Lord, say hi to my dad for me. Say hi to my dad. Physically, he's buried in the grave, but spiritually, he's with the Lord. And if the rapture was to occur right now, I'd see him instantly, and he would see me. And so that is one of the reasons why I try so hard to stick with the gospel and give everyone else the same choice and the same blessing so that someday you'll see your loved ones up in heaven. And uh, it pays to be faithful to the Lord. Okay, Isaiah chapter 48. Let's see what the Lord has in store for us. Um, what I'm going to share with you first of all is an outline of uh, how the chapter could be studied. The title that I have for the entire chapter 48, God prepares Jacob for mercy and grace. Um, at this time in, in history, it's 150 years approximately before uh, Isaiah is talking about here, before the, the Jews are, are uh, in captivity under Nebuchadnezzar. They've been there for 70 years. And in chapter 48, the Lord is talking to them. He's preparing them for his mercy, and he's preparing them for his grace. And he's getting them ready to come out of Babylon and to head back to Jerusalem, to head back to the promised land that he originally gave them in the book of Exodus. The uh, chapter has 22 verses. So therefore... Um, I have it broken down like this. You can break it down any other way you, you like to, but this is the best way I broke it down so I can understand it. Um, verses 1 through 8. There are four sins that need repentance for God's mercy. So when you read the first eight verses, he's dealing with four sins he's telling them to repent of. In verses 1 and 2, He's dealing with hypocrisy. And he's telling them, your heart is far away from me. You have a double mind. And he says, I want you to have a single mind when you go back to Jerusalem. It was the double mind that got you into the trouble that you got into. Verses 3 and 4, we use the word obstinacy. Uh, obstinacy really is stubbornness. And when you take a look at Matthew uh, 23, verses 37, it's just uh, before the Lord is going to be crucified, and he's talking to Israel, and he says, I would have gathered you like a chicken, like a hen, gathers the little chickens, time to feed, time for protection from the storm, time for protection from uh, an eagle or something that's going to swoop down and grab them. And the Lord says to Israel, and you would not. That is what it means to be stubborn. Um, in verse 5, we have covetousness. 
the Lord has reproven them of their covetousness. And as we know in Colossians 3, 5, covetousness is idolatry. He is reproving them over their idols. And in verse 6 through 8, he's dealing with their deception. He uses the word treachery. He says, from the time you guys were born, you were treacherous. So I looked up the word treacherous. It means to deceive. And uh, it also means to betray. Uh, as far as the deception, you can see where Adam and Eve was betrayed in the garden in Genesis 3. And in John 13, 2, you see where Judas Iscariot, who had part of the ministry for over three years, and what did he do? He betrayed the Lord. That is treachery. When we uh, study American history, you'll find all sorts of people that betrayed the American people. And if you study American history right now, you'll see those already betraying the American dream. It's called treachery, betrayal. Those are the four things that God was reproving them of. Um, verses 9 to 11. Deliverance only comes from God's name. That's the only way. Only through God's name is there going to be deliverance. Verses 12 to 15. Only God's power and promise can restore them. Without God's intervention, they are stuck in Babylon. Without God's intervention, they would have been stuck in Egypt. God was the one that made the move to bring them out of, of um, Egypt. And it's God's move here that's bringing them out of captivity out of Babylon. In verses 16 to 19, obeying God's word would have prevented their captivity. Would have prevented it. There's no reason they should have gone into captivity. They had the Lord. They've seen his power and strength recorded all the way through their history. And yet they went into idolatry. They went into deception. They had a stubborn heart and they were hypocrites. And therefore God brought judgment on them. And last of all, verses 20 to 22, grace brings victory, uh, but only to the repentant. Those who are wicked do not get the grace of God. There has to be a repentance. So that is what we're dealing with with this whole chapter. God is preparing Jacob for mercy and for grace. Um, this is a very, very rich Bible study. And uh, we're... We're only going to cover two verses, <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I would love to have gone through the first eight verses or the first 15 verses or whatever, but uh, in studying this out, the nuggets were so great, um, and the Lord prompted my spirit so great to share with you what he shared with me. So let's go ahead and read Isaiah chapter 48, and let's just read both verses together, verse 1 and 2. Hear ye this, O house of Jacob, which are called by the name of Israel, and have come forth out of the waters of Judah, which swear by the name of the Lord, and make mention of the God of Israel, but not in truth nor in righteousness. For they call themselves the holy city, and say themselves upon the God of Israel. The Lord of hosts is his name. Amen. And amen. First thing that we want to come across here 
These two verses is summed up in Matthew chapter 15, verse 8 and 9. Can we have a volunteer for Matthew chapter 15, verses 8 and 9? Matthew 15? Yeah, Matthew 15, verses 8 and 9. I got it. Okay. One second. nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Amen. And what, where's the one verse before that, verse 7? Ye hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying. Yes. Okay. Um. He's talking about Isaiah. I forgot to add that in there. All right? He's making a quotation from the book of Isaiah. That quotation is found in Isaiah chapter 29, since we're in the study of it. Isaiah 29, verse 13 is where the word, where the Lord is talking to him on. And that's totally subbed up verses 1 and 2. In verse uh, Isaiah 29, 13, it reads, Wherefore the Lord said, for as much as this people draw nigh, uh, draw near me with their mouth and with their lips to honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. So whenever you see it in the New Testament and they're quoting from the Old Testament, it's always good to find out where at in the Old Testament that they are quoting. Therefore, it gives you a little bit better understanding of the Old Testament and where they are coming from. All right, so that sums up those two verses. Now we'll start with verse, uh, the word. The first word is hear. Hear. Hear means to listen with understanding and obedience. Let's take a look at uh, Job 28. Job 28, 28. There are many times we'll say, well, we understand. But all times, we really don't know what the word understand means. Job 28, 28. And unto man, he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart, and to depart from evil is understanding. To depart from evil is understanding. And you notice... The first half of it is, the fear of the Lord is wisdom. And when we go back to Isaiah 29, 13, and back to the time of Christ, who's saying the fear was taught of men? Men feared men, not the word of God. Men feared men, not the Lord himself. So if they didn't fear the Lord, there was no wisdom in them. And if there's no wisdom in them, then there's not going to be understanding. How can you depart from evil if your fear comes from man? and not from the Lord. And so that's the very first word we have here. Hear. Hear ye this, O house of Jacob. Um, now, he's talking to the captivities. He's calling them, O house of Jacob. Again, Jacob is the flesh nature. 
because the next part of it, he says, which are called by the name of Israel. Israel is the spiritual nature. And guys, this is, uh, uh, this is fantastic when we study it a little further. Because every one of us is born with the Jacob nature. Every one of us is born with the Jacob nature. And it's so important for us to be born again and to trust the Lord to have the spiritual nature. But he's talking to them because they lived in the flesh. It was living in the flesh that brought them into captivity. Yes, sir. It's, it's something that's debated, but I'm just curious how you see it. Um, Esau is the unsaved man. Correct. Jacob is the saved man in the flesh. Correct. And Israel is the saved man Correct. in the spirit. Correct. Okay, I just wanted to... Yeah. Uh, I always thought yeah. it was that way. You know. I, go ahead. I just wanted to see how you felt about that. Oh, yeah. Well, we're going to... Uh, You'll see as it progresses. You'll see as it progresses. All right. Um, the word Jacob, his name means to supplant. Let's take a look at Genesis 27, 36. Verse 36. The person talking here is Esau. Let's take a look and see what Esau has to say about Jacob's name, supplant. And he said, is, is not he rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright, and behold, now he hath taken away my blessing. And he said, Hast thou not reserved a blessing for me? The word Jacob means to supplant. Another way for us to understand the word uh, supplant is the word replace. Um, probably back about almost 20 years ago, I went to a uh, prophecy conference that was at Grace Brethren Church. And one of the terms they used on there was um, um, replacement theology. And I, and I had no clue at that point what replacement theology was. And so what replacement theology was is they took all the blessings of Israel and they gave it to the church and they said that God is done with the nation of Israel. All right? You guys, any form of Bible study at all, and that's baloney. <laughs> yeah. and that's, that's probably, I'm, I'm guessing, but from what I understand, I've heard other men say uh, 75 to 80% of all Christian colleges and seminaries teach that. Wow. Because they're all millennial, post millennial, non dispensational Yeah. What do they teach? Replacement, Replacement theology. theology. Okay, uh, Johnny. There's just, just thought of the fact that. You know, because I've heard heard us talk about this sort of thing before. It seems interesting to me that none of them, though, are trying to go to get the land. Are they? No. Because you read through the Bible, that's one of the major promises of God to Israel, is that they'll get they'll be in the land and they'll get it. And yet, none of these churches seem to be trying to get the land. Yeah, they've spiritualized all that. They 
Yeah. Well, see, that's why you see a lot of the churches going for Gaza and not going for Israel. Replacement theology. Right. Now, just so you know, the Grace Brethren Church did not go along with replacement theology. Right. Their dispensation. Yeah. They were teaching against it. Okay. Just, just so. You can, oh. They were teaching you what it was. The, yeah. They were exposing it. And by the way, you may be going into this, but he, he said they take they take the blessings of Israel, they ignore the curses. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, just to give you a better understanding of uh, replacement theology, okay? What is happening at the Texas border? Yeah. And of course, they don't mention the Arizona border, and they don't talk about what's going on in the California border. It's uh, the same identical thing. Yeah. The replacing Americans with foreigners who don't know the Constitution, who don't know the history, who don't know nothing. Right. All right? Uh, they did the same thing. California used to be a Republican state. What happened there? Replacement theology. Same identical thing. They, they swarmed the place and they made it a Democratic, and the place has gone downhill. They're within two percentage points of doing the same thing to Texas. Um, the guys are doing the same thing with the families. They've been replacing the family with weird families. Okay? Families that are not families. Right. Same once you understand that concept, that's what the word Jacob means. And guys, uh, that's what's connected with our sin nature, the supplanting, all right? So when you're going to the house of Jacob, what did Jacob do? The house of Jacob, they supplanted God with idols. They supplanted him with their own righteousness, with their own truth, with their own stuff. And when they did that, it brought judgment and they brought him into captivity. All right, it's it's a gigantic study, but once you understand that type of a study, you can understand what's going on in today's world. Uh, you could go anywhere on the planet and see what's happening. Totally incredible. Uh, that, that's what it means there. Oh, house of Jacob. That's what he's dealing with. Um. Oh. Okay, let's go to the next part. And which are called by the name of Israel. Called. They were called. That's a very important word when you're studying in here. Called to be Israel. When you take a look at that, the first time the name Israel shows up again is in uh, Genesis 32, 28. Jacob is wrestling with the Lord all night long. And at the end of the time frame, the Lord changes his name from Jacob to Israel. Um, occasionally in your study, you'll find uh, the definitions of what people will tell you things mean. And uh, a lot of times they are correct. But there are sometimes, guys, stay with the book. Again, the authorized King James Bible is self-defining. And so... We just learned today, understanding again is what? To depart from evil is understanding. All right? In the time of Noah, how would that have worked? <laughs> to get on the ark would have been understanding. <laughs> to not get on the ark, that was stupid. That was dumb. All right? In our day and age, how would that be worked out? What is understanding? Get saved. The rapture is coming. Otherwise, you're going to be left with seven years of tribulation period. 
And I can tell you right now, I wouldn't make it through the seven years tribulation period. I would not make it. I'm sorry. I, I'm not a hunter. I don't go in the woods. Uh, even though I know what I know, I'd be desperate. There'd be a lot of doubts. I, I'm sorry. I would, I'm, I'm saved, okay? I'm going up, period. And I'm not messing around with it. I'm on the ark of the Lord, okay? Yeah. I am there. So uh, let's take a look again at um, Genesis 32:28. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob. In other words, you're not going to be called the supplanter anymore. You're not going to be doing that type of stuff anymore. But Israel, for as a prince hast thou power with God. So again, the name of Israel, power with God. Guys, before you and I were saved, we had no power with God. The moment that you and I trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, we have power with God. Now get this. Israel goes into captivity for 70 years. They had power with God. Why couldn't they defeat any, any of their enemies? You've got so many great Bible studies all the way through. All the way through. Short at where, where they fall into idolatry. You're not calling on the Lord. Right now, whatever's happening in our life, we can call upon the Lord and ask for his intervention. We can ask for his help. We can ask for his guidance. These people were not calling on God. They were not asking for guidance. They were not asking for help. They were not seeking the power of the Lord. And they were calling on their idols, which they supplanted with God, the, with the idols. Um, I thought it was interesting when I was doing some meditations on uh, Genesis 3, the two trees. So I just thought it was interesting when you were teaching on Jeremiah 10. They cut down the tree, a picture of the cross, and they covered it with gold and silver. This is our God. Oh boy. Study trees in scripture. You'll have it was so much fun when you study different topics. And never think that you can't study a topic in scripture and it doesn't mean anything. Um, we're not going to get to it today, but you'll probably get to it next week. Uh, studying what iron means, studying uh, the silver, the gold, and all the other metals, and what they mean. All of a sudden, you start getting that gigantic picture of what's going on with the Lord. But Jacob, his name has changed Israel. As a prince, he has power with God. And when you study that, you'll, 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 you'll have so much more fun with Scripture right now. All right? Um... Let's see, we're going to go another part of the verse in uh, chapter 48 there. And he says, Or come forth out of the waters of Judah. Um, a lot of the commentaries skipped that part of the verse. They didn't touch it, touch it at all. And I can understand that. Uh, 20 years ago, I wouldn't have touched it at all either because I would have understood. Uh, uh, but when you study it, we could easily have an hour of Bible study just on the word waters here and cover all the different things with it. But uh, in view of the first eight verses, God is dealing with their sin nature. And so if we go back to uh, 
John chapter 3, uh, verses 5 and 6, you'll see the term, that which is um, born of the flesh is flesh. And also the term is born of water. So uh, I would say, if I was, as far as what I can perceive, that is what the Lord is going back to. You're from Judah. You were, you were born into Israel. And you come across all the covenants. You come across all the blessings. You were supposed to have raised up and nurtured in the Lord. He's reminding them of where they came from. So why in the world are they messing around with the Babylonian gods and the Egyptian gods and the Philistine gods? That's technically what he's going for. Um, and then it has in here... Um, Uh, we're we're going to depart from that one point real quick here. But the waters of Judah is a reference to the physical birth with the flesh nature. Remember the first eight verses, he's tr trying to get them to repent so he can have mercy on them. Mercy. Without the mercy, you can't do anything at all. And every day I ask the Lord for mercy. I seek the Lord's face. I ask his help. I ask his direction. Let's take a look at... Uh, a New Testament parallel. Let's go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Uh, if you can bear with me on this, we're going to... Now, for my notes, I have verse 31 to 59, and I'll only mention that to you for study purposes. Uh, the verses we'll concentrate on is uh, 31 to 33 to start with. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, You shall be made free? Notice what the Lord, the Lord is talking to him about their salvation. And, and they say, look here, we're of Abraham's seed. These guys were very ignorant of the word of God. Let's take a look at verses 38. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and you do that which you have seen with your father. The answer is said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto him, if, if ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. Notice the Jews' connection with Abraham. As far as in the hypocrisy we're talking about in verse 1 and 2. If you notice in verse 2, For they called themselves of the holy city. Hey, we're of Jerusalem. We're of Jerusalem, guys. And the Lord is saying, no, you're not. Look here, just because you're in America does not make you an American. There's, there's different terminology. Until and I was working at McDonald's, and all the influx of Mexicans were coming in. They told us we're Americans too. Because <laughs> they were from South America. Okay? The terminology, when we say, are you an American? The terminology is, do you believe in the Constitution? Do you believe in the history that made us free? That made us, that gave us the Bill of Rights, that did this, that did that? Are, are you trying to do what's right, living in this country? That's the terminology we're going for America. Now, we probably should have another name for it, okay? Because it gets lost. Yes? 
I just wondered what you would say the works of Abraham are. Huh? The works of Abraham, like how would you say what those are? Oh, well, we, uh, I've got that in another verse down here. Okay. I'd say Romans, I think okay. chapter 4. Okay. Uh, dealing with faith. Uh, because we have this. He went out of the tent, looked up the stars, and he believed God that it was counted for him for righteousness. Okay. We believe on the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's counted us for righteousness. Yeah, so therefore, God. we're of Abraham in that aspect. He believed God enough to put his son on the altar and raise his knife to kill him. Yeah, yes. And that's what I think we're talking about. That's yes. That kind of thing. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, his wife was not too that's happy about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but right there, he's talking about the faith that he had in the Lord. Okay, so that's what we're going for there. Um, so let's take a look at Galatians 3.16. Because they said, we're of Abraham's seed. In Galatians 3.16. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not and to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. Amen. The reference. And they said, we're of the seed. And the answer is, no, they weren't. They were still of the flesh nature, the waters from Judah. That's what they were. Oh, we're, we're from Jerusalem, right? There's our holy city. No, because you don't worship the Lord. He's not in your heart. You're not worshiping him. Your heart is far from me. You just pick to think. All right? And guys, I'm from Ohio. But you know what? I'm, I'm with the spirit of Ohio. I'm not with the new spirit that they're trying to teach here. I'm not with the, the, new, the new group. Because the new group is not part of the old group. Ah. Uh, because of the, uh, again, replacement theology. They're changing things. Yeah. Um, it, it's just something to keep in mind. The, um, okay, uh, now we get to what Barry talked about, Romans 4. Romans 4. Thirteen to sixteen. For the promise that he should be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of none effect. Because the law worketh wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. And again, right there is what we're trying to go for. Uh, in the time of Christ, there wasn't the faith of Abraham or being the seed of Abraham. But they were living a totally different life. That's why the Lord said, you got, your heart is far removed from me. You're not looking for me. You're You've got all these other commandments you're doing, and you're not following. Yes. Yeah, there's works 
and there's works by faith. Correct. And the works of Abraham that she's asked about are works by faith. Yeah. It wasn't just that Abraham did great things, but he did those by faith. Exactly. Uh, previous to John 8 and John 6, 29, Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he hath sent. Correct. He called our belief in Jesus the works of God. Yes. And that's because that's where everything we do is supposed to be rooted in and start. Work out your salvation. We're to, it's all by faith in Christ that everything we do is of God. Exactly. Yeah. And then uh, in Genesis 17, 1 through 12, when he's talking about, in Galatians 3.16, thy seed, the word uh, thy seed appears six times. The Lord makes it a clear reference to himself. Thy seed, thy seed, singular, six times. Let's take a look at Romans 9. See if we can make any sense of this with Abraham. Romans 9, verses 4 to 16. Okay. In verses 4 and 5, we have the promises to God's people that's fulfilled in Christ, who are Israelites, to who pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants of the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises. Whose are the fathers, and of whom concerning the flesh Christ came, who, over all, who was over all, God bless forever, amen. All right? That's what thy seeds are reference to, Christ himself coming to fulfill the promises. And verse 6, take a look at verse 6. Not as though the word of God hath taken none effect, for they are not all Israel which are of Israel. That's what he's trying to say in verse 2. Oh yeah, we're, we're from the holy city. And the Lord said, no, no you're not. You don't have any part of it. Sorry. Just because you're an Israelite doesn't mean you're an Israelite. Remember, Israelite, power with God. If you're not saved, you don't have the power of God. And if you have a make-believe salvation, then you have make-believe power. <laughs> It's not real. It is not real. You have to have that personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 7. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham. Remember John chapter 8? Oh yeah, we're Abraham's seed. <laughs> like that's a really big deal. And Paul says here, Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children. But in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And who's thy seed again? Christ. Christ comes through Abraham. All right? But it doesn't stop at Abraham. Now it's going to Isaac. It's going through Isaac. Verse 8. That is, they which are the children of the flesh. These are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. All right? Here's where you've got Esau. Who is Esau? Children of the flesh. Even though he was born of Isaac and born to Abraham, he hated the gospel, guys. God says, I hated him. He didn't hate him until after he died, though. Because Esau had every chance of getting saved up to the, that last breath. And after that, he said no. And why did God hate him? Because everyone that has followed Esau has dropped into hell. The majority of them. 
don't know if it's 95%, 95, 99, a good majority of them died and went into hell. All right? And God says, I hate that. Because he's not willing that any should perish. And, of course, Isaac, that's the children of the promise. Again, you see a distinction between the sinful nature and the, the spiritual nature. Um, verse um, 9 and 10. For this is the word of promise. At this time will I come and Sarah shall have a son. Okay, that's Abraham having the son, Isaac. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac. For the children, being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. That's the word we were going for here, calleth. Israel was called. How did you guys get saved? God called your name. He called you through the gospel. What is the work that we're supposed to be doing? Through the gospel, we are calling other people's names for salvation. We're calling them. When I pass out the gospel track, or I get a chance to, to give a witness of the gospel of Christ. That is what we're going for. Election is defined in scripture, not of works, but of him that calleth. Uh, take a look at the verse again here. It says, which make mention of God, of Israel, uh, which swear by the name of the Lord, and that's found in Deuteronomy 6.13, is where you swear by the name of the Lord, and make mention of the God of Israel, but not in truth and not in righteousness. Not in truth. Again, going back to John chapter 8. They had no clue what the truth was. We be of Abraham's seed. Uh, and then they told Christ, we're not born to fornication like you are, which means they had no clue what the prophecies of the coming of the Lord. And then it says in here, not in righteousness. Romans 10, 3. It says they, the Jews did not have the righteousness of God, but they went about establishing their own righteousness. Again, what is that establishing your own righteousness? That's Jacob. That's supplanting. That's replacing God's righteousness with your righteousness. And that does not work. And uh, we'll end up with, um, again, verse 2. For they call themselves at the holy city and stay themselves upon the God of Israel. The Lord of hosts is his name. That's what they were clinging to, and they were in the flesh nature. That was a front. Um, I can't tell you how many stories I've read where, where people cut the church, and it's only a front, so they can do something else that's not there. Treacherous. Uh, those are the first two verses. Let's finish off in, uh, in John 8. I think it's verse 40. Take a look. We'll finish off there. We'll, we'll end with verse 47. 
in Christ what he's talking here. He that is of God heareth God's words. That's the whole purpose of verse 1 and 2 about the hypocrisy. Those that hear God's word, hear. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. That is what he's talking about, the people that were the hypocrites. You're not of God because you don't hear God's word. And how does verse 1 start in uh, chapter 48? Hear, hear, O house of Jacob, hear. Hear what? Hear the words of God. Repent of these four sins. I'll have mercy upon you, and you're coming home. You're coming back home to where you belong in the first place. So uh, those are the first two verses. Um, this is a deep book, guys. This really ran me ragged. But uh, it made me understand clearly of the, the sin nature and understanding the spiritual nature, and that the spiritual nature comes from the Lord, and the calling of God and the talking to us, he does it all through the spiritual nature. He does it through his word, through the book. Through the book. And that's where it's fun. He knows everything that's going on. And when you study this book, you can study everything else that's going on in the world. All right. Um, we close this with prayer. John. Dear God, thank you for this beautiful day. Amen. Thank you. All right, I'm Liners, catching a bit.